Today, I speak with Dave Stroud, founder and CEO of DS Vocology LLC, which is probably most well known for its revolutionary singing app and home study program, Vocalize You. Aside from setting up one of the world's leading singing teacher networks, Dave has worked with artists such as Natasha Bedingfield, Justin Bieber, CeeLo Green, and Adam Lambert. It's safe to say he knows a thing or two about singing, and more importantly, what's required from those youngsters out there that are dreaming big. You can't just put your stuff up on a vision board and walk away. You can put your stuff up on a vision board so you know where you're headed, but you've got to go in and wake up every day and work at it. Okay, so here we are. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Look at the... Oh, welcome to my living room. This is... This is... Um, this is special, isn't it? It is. Um, what are we doing here? The Vocalize You Winter Retreat is um, a, a way for artists to get together and sort of find their authenticity, their, their potential, their belief system, uh, and all that so that they can reach really, truly their greatest levels of artistry. And so we, we gather here once a year, we bring all sorts of people in to help with skills, um, with whether it's songwriting or performance or anything else, with connections, you know, Big Billy and the mentor program, and then um, we bring in uh, amazing artists at night to, to do shows, sort of house concerts, really intimate kind of things to really inspire, to show them like, this is, this is what this person went through. And it's sort of like VH1 Storytellers um, kind of vibe, but it's a really connected to the audience. They can ask questions, and, and they're really telling their story. Like, this is how, these are the songs that affected me, and this is how my career developed. Yeah. So we've had amazing, you know, as you guys know, some of the most yeah. amazing singers. That's it. It's like, this is the authenticity of it all, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, you can ask questions that um, dig, dig really deep into where these guys have come from. And that's what I want to do with you, if that's all right. Okay. So uh, if we can rewind all the way back to your childhood, mm -hmm. what, did your, what did you do? You know, what, no, let's ask that again. When did you first get into singing? Um, I first remember wanting to sing at like four or five. I remember uh, uh, watching a TV show with this singer, actually, John Denver. I was really young, and I remember singing afterwards going, this is what I want to do. So, you know, then after that, uh, it wasn't just singing, but it was music. So everything music, playing guitar, um, learning music. I mean, the silly thing is, is my college, one of the scholarships I was offered for college was a tuba, playing the tuba, Ace. which, you know, <laughs> I didn't end up, I ended up, didn't end up taking, but, but music in general. I thought I was going to be a high school band teacher or music teacher. And, um, and then things changed as I went along and my drive for singing became stronger than everything else. So. And then what, what did your education look like in terms of singing? Um, you know, the typical, you grow up as a kid singing in different choirs and things and trying out, you know, putting your foot in the waters of different styles and trying to figure out what works for you. And then um, studying with, you know, the guy in high school that everybody studied with and then studying with, you know, the guy when I went to college that everybody studied with and then sort of branching out past that, finding people. The problem is, is that, you know, when my voice changed, it, I went from a high voice to a really deep bass baritone. So my high school piece was Oasis and Osiris, which is a Mozart bass baritone piece. 
So I was singing real heavy, real deep all the time, and I was training myself to sing as a baritone constantly. Right. And when I got to college and I wanted to sing in bands, that wasn't cool anymore. That wasn't cool. Like, I, you can't sing. Back in those days, it was Howard Jones, and it was Tears for Fears, and all those kind of groups. And, and whether you're doing original or cover groups, that's kind of what people are looking for. And so I couldn't sing that high. And it was frustrating. So I started looking for somebody that could help me sing in a non-classical way. And there's, a, a, while I have tremendous respect for those who teach classical voice, um, contemporary voice, commercial voice is completely different. The way you train somebody for that is a completely different technique. And, um, and, and especially what we were talking about earlier today, uh, if you're singing on a mic as opposed to off a mic, that's a completely different approach to how you sing. Everything I wanted to do was on mic. So I had to really relearn how to go from low to high or even just sing high because I didn't have any high end. My top note was D or an E or something. And was that quest difficult for you when you were Yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. still is. Yeah. I mean, you know, not like it was then. But what about the, you know, the, the, your environment and the, and the people around you? Did they, I don't want to say, did they make it difficult for you to transition from the classical to... Everyone was, that I was surrounded by was supportive. It was just hard to find the right people who understood that right. and understood how to train singers. So you either got real classical people or you got people who didn't really know much about technique and were just trying to just push it, yell it, support it, get it out. Um, and didn't really understand how the voice worked and so they couldn't really help me. And it took me a long time to find people that could actually make the differences. Was there ever a, a, a like significant turning point for you or tipping point for when you thought, I've got this now? So I found out kind of early on, which is weird, that I started teaching a little bit really early on. Like I was playing in bands and working on my own voice, but you know, I thought, I, I think I want to teach a little bit rather than work at 7-Eleven or something. So I started learning to teach and I found out quickly that I like teaching very, you know, more than I like performing actually. And that's the fulcrum. The, when, when the light went off, when you say it was there a moment, there was a moment I remember the light going on and I'm going, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm, I th always thought I was going to be a rock star. I wanted to be a rock star. This actually is what I want to do. And so I shifted gears completely, stopped performing, uh, and really focused in on trying to be a, a good, effective teacher, trying to teach people the things that I'd struggled to learn, and uh, looking for people who could give me that information that then I could pass on. But I remember sitting at the piano working over stuff with students, and my voice connected from low to high. And I re do remember the first time that happened. I remember going from low to high without a crack in my voice for the very first time while I was teaching someone else. Right. And I went, oh, that's pretty cool. And he said, can you demonstrate that again for me? And I said, sure, and I did it again. And he went, oh, okay, I'll work on that. And I went, wow, I don't, I, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> for me, that was awesome. Yeah, it's funny that because uh, I, from my background as well, which is basically your background, mm -hmm. I, um, I value, obviously value the the ability to go from bottom to top and back again, mm -hmm. cross the bridges, mm -hmm. transition, whatever you want to call it, yep. as a fundamental, mm -hmm. as a priority. Um, I don't know what it's like in the States, but in the UK there's sometimes a bit of a uh, uh, negligence or pe the, the, the way in which people are taught skip around that. And whether that's, is that because it's difficult, I'm not sure, but is that the same here? Do the examining boards or do people who look to train skip around that? Well, what, I think the priority isn't on 
technique or vocal development it's a, as much as it is repertoire and especially in the university systems like you have to know certain things and you have to know it really well and you have to be able to demonstrate it so that you can move on and go to a master's or whatever you're going to go uh, do and and so the emphasis gets pulled off of vocal training and vocal development and more on we got to get you through this stuff here and if you're going to develop your voice and your range and other things you got to go find it you got it because that's not part of what they're agenda is okay it's so. not part of their agenda and, but, and, that's, yeah. and that's fair i mean yeah. to, be, to be honest it's, it's a fair agenda if they're going to help a kid who wants to get a master's or a phd in music or in voice you know they need to get they need to have these this particular art songs and and, and arias and things down so yeah it's fast isn't it everything it's, we need it's to fast yeah. and th that's what i say to people all the time if you want to be good at jazz or you want to be good at pop r&b or you want to be good at uh blues or you want to be good at opera or musical theater all of those styles of music any style of music takes deep understanding and frame of reference so that you have authenticity in that style you there's nothing worse than hearing a pop singer try and sing opera or an opera singer try and sing pop like you know both of those things take a lot of understanding and nuances and colors and just really understanding what your voice needs to do to produce that style and if we look at Wendy Moten last night in her concert, that's one thing that resonated with me was that she, everyone would look at her now as a R&B artist mm -hmm. who has traveled the world and mm -hmm. glam and fame, and, but it all came from classical training. Yeah, it came from, but, but, but also with her, she went deep into training on each of those nuanced styles. Like, when she does jazz, it's not because she goes, well, you know, I studied classically so I can sing jazz. No. She goes in hard. She goes in hard learning right. jazz and understands the phrasing and understands the colors and understands what it takes to pull off a, a jazz phrasing. So with all that, I've, I, I know you've, you've definitely spoken about it before, but mindset. Mm -hmm. And mindset and training. And maybe the expectation of mindset within growth. So we need a, a certain level of... Uh, willingness to do things um, if we're going to achieve. What do you think about that? I look at vocal training, so I'm going to pull back a little bit, but I'm going to answer your question. Yeah. I look at vocal training, there's four houses of knowledge you need in vocal training. You need uh, the physics, the science, the foundational stuff, the understanding of how this thing works to begin with. You need synapsis and vocalese and calisthenics for the voice to make sure that you have an agile functioning voice you need a style house which is kind of almost taking the first two houses and destroying everything you knew there to get what you do stylistically and then you need a performance psychology or mindset to be able to carry what you've learned onto the stage into the studio and deliver as an artist on a regular basis and all of this takes a, a belief system to, to accomplish. You have to start with a belief system and a work ethic. A belief system about those voices in your head and those things that you tell yourself, the doubts, the fears. Which, which thoughts are you having that you latch onto and believe and which thoughts are you having that you decide to discard that don't serve you? And then you find the ones that do. And the belief system is a huge part of it. There's, there's our, the singers that I've worked with that were not born with the greatest facility, but they believed they could do it, and they were willing to put in the 12 hours, you know, 
the five, six hours a day of different things, whether it's vocalese, ear training, working songs, whatever, on a regular basis to achieve what they believed they could do. And then we've talked about this before, but having the belief system, having those voices in your head, having a conversation that is a positive one is part of it, but having a system in your life, like you can't, and then this is my uh, sort of anti-secret conversation, but you can't just put your stuff up on a vision board and walk away. You can put your stuff up on a vision board so you know where you're headed. You gotta go to in and wake up every day and work at it. What does that mean? I mean, for each person's a little different, but you know, I'm songwriting these two hours every day. I'm working my voice these two hours every day. I'm doing this stuff every day. And you don't take time down, but the system is what gets you there. And, and then people, I think, drop that too quickly as like, you know, my talent will get me there or somebody's gonna discover me and take care of this and fix it and whatever. No, this is you. You know, Wendy was saying last night and a lot of people are saying, wow, she made it look so effortless. And I said that to her and she just laughed and she goes, yeah, effortless after tens of thousands of hours, I can make it seem effortless. Sure. So. And the other thing that Wendy said about the step-by-step uh, -step and being good enough, improving yourself, is that I think um, one, of the, one of the artists here said, next step management, how will I get found? And both Wendy Parr and Wendy Mothen both said, they'll find you. If, if you're doing the right thing, they'll find you. And besides, if you're out looking for a manager, what's to manage, right? You should be busy doing those things that make you seen and valued. So they're coming and knocking on your door. Don't worry about, uh, I need to go find a manager. Right. Just go knock out those things that have to happen. Be, be honest with yourself about how well you're delivering the song you wrote, or whether that's a strong enough song, or whether that course you wrote really isn't a chorus, that's a nice verse, but you need to still find a chorus. Whatever it is. Just keep on working at it, yeah. right? Yeah. So, probably the, one of the last questions. It's a big one. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Uh, no. Four houses, belief system, work ethic. If you had 15 to 20 young people in front of you to teach mm -hmm. in group format, mm -hmm. what kind of things would you be looking at to develop those guys? So we look at the four houses of what they need and each person walks to the table with a different set of skills of those four houses. So, you know, this child might need more of one house and whatever. However, I would say the overriding thing is belief. So depending on the age that you're working with, but a group of kids, let's say 13 to 16, 17, those are formative years, helping them learn how to hear the voices in their head that serve them and only that is critical. And I think if you can teach them that, all this other stuff can happen. Okay, so that's the driving force behind everything. I think so. Yeah. So, quick fire round, if we can. Let's do it. Finish off. Okay. Bit weird. Yeah, I know. You know, I've talked to you before. I know, <laughs> I know what weird is. <laughs> so, what one word, mm -hmm. thing, or person comes to mind when I, when I utter these next words? Okay. First one, singing legend. Well, right now, I'm gonna say Wendy Moten, because, you know, we're fresh off that. We're fresh off that, yeah. Okay, that's good. I can, I accept that. Um, okay, next word. Successful. Happy. Like it. What is happiness? Everybody, it's different for everybody, but being truly authentically happy is not about 
have achieved a milestone or whatever, there's certain things in your life that you know this is happiness. This is a moment of happiness. So achieving happiness, finding gratitude and living in that space, I think is success. It's an ongoing thing. Ongoing thing, and that's success. I mean, what else is there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, we make money, we spend money, we buy things, we experience trips and adventures and all that sort of stuff. Those are great, but that's, never let that be in front of the happiness and gratitude that you get from uh, waking up every day and looking around and going, this is enough. I'm, I am okay. This is great. Where I'm at right now, I don't need more. So almost edging towards contentment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not content to the point where you're, you know, not achieving new things, but content to the point where you can truly stand there and breathe and go, um, you know, this is great. This is it. Okay, so flip that. Let's get a bit negative. Irritating. Um, Can be a person. I know, I'm not gonna say a person, I'm gonna say behavior, excuses. When I deal with singers and artists who constantly talk about how they're gonna win a Grammy and they're gonna do this and they're gonna tour the world and that, and then there's a constant excuse for why they're not following through with the different things they said they're going to do, that's probably the thing that irritates me. I, I just go, ugh, I know you can do this and I can see your path, I can see it in front of you. Why aren't you running down that path? So that, that can be... That's a big one. Yeah. Last word. Mm. I know that's gonna be massive for you. Love. Oh, that's easy. I mean, Shannon, family, yeah. Even this, you know, um, the gathering of the, all, you know, the VU tribe, couple of three times a year having the experiences together that's it I mean it's simple what a wonderful way to end yeah thank you very much sir thanks for your time today thank you and uh, we're gonna crack on we're gonna jump in the lake yeah yeah you up for that I, I, I don't swim I'm kidding I know how to swim I'm an <laughs> Olympic athlete what are you talking about stay tuned for more educational research videos coming right up but if you want to join me on this journey please subscribe to my youtube channel or like my Facebook page, and or find me on Twitter. All of these you can find by sticking Steve Giles UK into the search box. Next time, I speak to Katie Walton, author of The Mindset Melting Pot. She lets us know just how the way we think can have an effect on our learning and probably our entire lives. The basis of it, which is either that your brain can be developed um, and you can grow your intelligence. Which is the growth the mindset. Growth mindset. Yeah, yeah. But on the other side of things, that if you don't believe that your brain can be developed and it's static, um, that is a fixed mindset and it actually leads to a whole host of very damaging behaviours.